Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. We're part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all the things we do at www.baldmove.com. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And this week is the season three wrap up. Well, season 3.0 wrap up for The Walking Dead. Yeah. Mid season. Uh, I don't want to say mid season finale wrap up. That's too much. Yeah, especially and we're gonna have to do this four times. Yeah, especially what they're pulling like uh, Breaking Bad, where literally they're going away for a whole year uh-huh. and coming back. It's almost worse that they're going away for a whole, whole year. Yeah, it's like don't try to. I mean, I get it from an accounting, yeah. paperwork, bookkeeping, people getting paid standpoint that you're considering two, se- you know, one season. But come on. You go away for a year, it's the second season. I don't know. Do you think it improves? You shut down for three or four months, it's the second season. Do you think it improves the show quality at all? It gives I the mean, writers time between half no. seasons to start writing the next half season. I don't think so, especially Smaller judged chunks. On, um, on my interview today with Sang Q Kim. Uh, so, uh, who's the writer, uh, producer for episode four from this season, The Killer Within. Mm-hmm. And I got to give a hat tip to Jason from TheWalkingDeadCast.com. He actually set up this interview because he's a real go-getter. You just gave the wrong uh, website address. Walking you said the walking dead. Oh, I'm sorry. www.walkingdeadcast.com. There you go. He's a real go getter. He's got uh, Glenn Mazzara. He's interviewing. Oh. Uh, he's interviewing several of the actors. Too uh, bad you he, couldn't interview that guy. He and his wife played a zombie extra in the season two finale. Oh, you're actually, kidding? Yeah. He uh, apparently, you know, that scene where Carl and Rick jump off the RV after. Oh yeah, off the bar. Jimmy got sat, you know, exploded <laughs> uh-huh. by zombies. He's in that scene. Oh man! Yeah, you can see him for a couple seconds. That's pretty cool. So uh, anyway, so he's kind of you know getting connected to the show folks, and he said, "Hey, I'm interviewing this guy. You want to help me out?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So we talked to him for about 60 minutes today. Um, I think people will enjoy the interview. We touched on a lot of things, including the alleged racial profiling <laughs> that Walking does when selecting uh-huh. killing some of the cast members. Sweet. Um, and I think uh, you know I think you'll enjoy his answers and his story. So check that out at the wa- uh, at WalkingDeadCast.com. Thanks again, Jason. You are a cool dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we got because I, I, I just derailed this. I just felt like I felt a sag coming. No, but it needed to happen. Right? Yeah, we needed to talk about that. Okay, we got other stuff to talk about in the intro. We do go for it. Uh, our bald move meetup in Boulder, Colorado. It's probably the last time we're going to get to pimp it on this show. Yeah, I know it is until uh, Walking Dead comes back because uh, it'll come back after this. It's yep. Friday, February first at seven p.m. at the Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. And if you can't remember that and you want updates and reminders just follow us on twitter or facebook yeah facebook slash bald move slash bald move twitter.com slash bald move uh the personal arrogance guys will be there and their entourage yeah. it's going to be a kick-ass time man these guys I know can't beer wait. uh they know drinking yeah they know bow <laughs> i was gonna go there 
I just saw this documentary. I can't help it. I know. Have you seen the documentary yet? I saw the last half of it. Oh, over my house? Yeah. Okay. Where then, they talked about his hip replacement. Yeah. Awesome. Motherfucker hit a home run. Uh, we're not the personal hit. arrogance. What are we doing talking about sports? Oh. Let's get into the Walking Dead feedback. Uh, okay. I want to do the feedback first this time before oh, we, really? we blather because the listeners never get a chance to beat us to the punch. I want to give them that chance this time. All right. Beat us. So we start off with some feedback from uh, last week where we were talking about uh, making fun of John Bernthal's Wolverine head. <laughs> um, and several I gotta people say, emailed us. It was such an arresting dude that it totally took the focus <laughs> off his lobes. It did. We pro- totally forgot the bag on the man's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Big-eared that's Wolverine. Re- that's reason enough to grow out the Wolverine do, I guess. Good point. Uh, well, we got a lot of people who wrote in. Uh, I'm giving the credit to M. It's just the letter M because uh, he or she was the first one to write in. says, uh, the reason John Berthall showed up looking like Wolverine is due to contractual restrictions put on him by the Wolf of Wall Street movie directed by Martin Scorsese. He will be in soon. The Wolverine of Wall Street. Awesome. <laughs> Wolverine of Wall Street. He couldn't shave his hair or beard due to the movie, and according to what they talked about on Talking Dead afterward, the Walking Dead producers had to come up with a workaround solution to justify his Shane's grisly look by having the guy Rick actually saw and shot be bearded and resemble Shane, but obviously just be a different guy. So... I still think the white devil haircut, the dog tags, and the leather jacket were – and the adamantium claws were a yeah. bit much. They didn't yeah. have to go to full Wolverine. They didn't, but they did. So that's what they did. Uh, next up is Julie W. She writes in and says, The reason Michonne has such a hard uh, a hard on to kill the governor is not just because of sending Merle and the others after her. Uh, it's because she sees him as a rival who stole her one friend, and she's out to prove what he is. Huh. That's the simplest way I can put it. I I love that. That right. take is so much better than ours. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I don't know that it's true, but I dig it. Uh, I'll go with it. Uh, LNA writes in and says, I'm pretty sure it was on your last cast that one of you asked about the tattoo that Norman Reedus has on his chest. Yeah, uh, you were thinking it was a tiara, but apparently it's a tattoo that says Norman. It says his own name. Uh, well, this is, this is what LNA says. It's Norman's own name. I guess he has some weird memento memory condition. He needs to tattoo to remember things. Uh, maybe he should try using Polaroids instead. Huh. That actually turns out I did a little research, and that is his father's name. Yeah, actually, we had a couple posters on our subreddit. Okay. Um, that uh, the first one I see was uh, Leban. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Leban Niffle, I think. Okay. He got some kind of elvish uh, I, uh, metal that the dwarves like to work into breastplates. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. It's, it's, it's featured heavily in the new Hobbit movie. Uh, he said that, yeah, it reads Norman in, in fancy script in honor of his father, Norman. Yeah. Very so. recursive. It is, yeah. Uh, Holly writes in, I got a totally different reading on the whole Carl and Axel in the – or, sorry, <laughs> Carol and Axel in the guard tower. Carl and Axel would be weird. Uh, I hadn't thought of it as a possible romance between the two of them, but rather them standing uh, watch for the return of their group so that they could react fast if needed. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, in regards to them possibly using the guard tower for sex, I find it hard to believe that Axel, who was not only a creep but was also a complete ass, would have been able to say anything or do anything to charm the pants off of Carol when she has a budding relationship going on with Daryl Dixon. Yeah. I don't think anyone would look twice at Axel. Yeah. That's... Agree. Why? And as I replied to her, uh, why have hamburger when you can have filet mignon? <laughs> indeed. Right? Indeed. 
Anthony B writes in, I started listening to your podcast for season three. I loved it so much that I'm now going back to listen to all of your other Walking Dead podcasts. That's cool. Uh, I do have one suggestion. I know you already do a comic book comparison with the show in each spoiler section. However, I was wondering if you can also include a discussion about the newest issues of the comic book. The recent graphic novels, volumes uh, 16 and 17, have really taken on some intriguing and shocking turns. I'd love to hear your reactions to these newest plot lines. What do you think about that idea? I reviewing like the latest that comics. Idea. In fact, I kind of, you know, would it be crazy? Would people listen? I guess that's the 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 whole idea or the whole question. If we did like a monthly off season Walking Dead where we just considered the comic book, because Good question. I don't know if you could do that because I'm thinking back through some stretches. There were some dry spells, but yeah, the current storyline is shit hot. All right. And I would not mind doing that. We've actually got – so should we do the announcement now? I'd have to get caught up. That's what I, I'm – the first thing. I can thing. do that. But you can See, do graphic that. Graphic novels are like two minutes each. I, I, I stopped at the same point you were, and I got caught up in a single weekend. Yeah. That's just like crack. You just blow it through, blow through it. Sure. Um, should we make our other announcement? Go for it. Um, so we did a Justified podcast last year, mm-hmm. and we are not going to do a full Justified podcast this year. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult decision we made because we love the show, but the amount of traffic we got versus what we could be doing else with our time, we just didn't feel like it was worth it. Uh, what we do want yeah. to try to do is a uh, during our off seasons, a 15 to, to 20 minutes per show, a kind of potpourri cast covering Justified and whatever else is on the air. For example, I'm excited about season three of Downton Abbey. Um, yeah. Coming back on, there's a lot of stuff during the summer. Then, and we're going to try to... You know, again, this is all kind of up in the air. We don't know exactly how this is going to shake out, but maybe a weekly that, that we continue doing all throughout the year where we talk about the shows we don't talk about, don't have a full cast for. Yeah, because there's going to be the full cast, which are the recaps and all mm-hmm. the feedback and everything, and then there's going to be kind of these mini episodes where we talk 10 minutes, just kind of an overview of the episode. We right. don't recap it. We don't read a ton of feedback except for, like, really, really good stuff. Right. Yeah, no. but it's like I was I was kind of willing to go forward with it, but it was going to mean a lot of overlap with the Game of Thrones and Mad Men, and I already and did. Walking Dead. It's and Walking it overlaps Dead overlaps everything. Man. It was going to be brutal for me, and I was like, I didn't want any of that. And and Jim, decided, you know, there, he had some conflicts with his work schedule. Plus, we're trying to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff here at Bald yeah. Move, uh, and we want to get that kind of in place before the next season of Walking Dead. So, uh, Justified fans probably sad. A lot of other people like, yeah, well, whatever. But ninety nine percent of our audience goes. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> listen to that apparently, anyway. Apparently, so yeah. Um, but if you're not watching Justified, shame on you. That's the thing. Justified should be way bigger than it is. Yeah. And again, I get the people to say, "Well, first season, first season was kind of hit or miss." Mm-hmm. Season two is right up there with some of the finest television ever, and season yeah. three, in its own way, is just as good. It's. It's more good towards the Walking Dead end of the scale and not as good as, like, the Breaking Bad end of the scale, if that makes sense. Uh, um, but season three is an action and badass bonanza. It definitely is, yeah. And I'm, I can't wait for season, season four to come. So. If they can continue the streak they've been on, I'm, I'm pumped. Anyway, so a little bit of sh- uh, behind-the-scenes show, no- show yeah. news, and I'll let you get back to the feedback. All right. Moving on to Brandon from Georgia. Uh, he's actually. This is a pretty long email. He went on a zombie tour in Atlanta, where oh, they. 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. I go. Okay. I, I, okay. I got to remember something about this. Where they took him by a whole bunch of locations that were used for filming in The Walking Dead. Uh, he's got a lot to say here, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, the tour consisted of mostly season one locations. He visited the hospital stairs that Rick walks down out the, the back side of the building there. Uh, the CDC, the streets where the tank and the horse were. Uh, we got to walk around the locations where the Vatos group were stationed. Um, and he says that they recently shot scenes there for a movie called Catching Fire. Mm. I've not heard of it, but really, it that's shot there the too. new. Um, that's the new uh, uh, shit. Katniss Everdeen. Okay, uh, gr- gr- uh, I want to <laughs> oh, people are yelling I right know. now. God damn, it's the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. I was going to say Game of the Thrones Games tri- trilogy. I, I, I believe. Wow. Okay. I mean, it is called Catching Fire. Uh, and they shot in a dusty parking lot. Interesting. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, he goes on. Our guide was an extra that's been in many episodes of The Walking Dead and other movies and shows shot in Atlanta. Uh, you may remember him from season two, episode one. He played a featured zombie, which the writers coined Professor Woodchuck. Uh-huh. Uh, after Sophia's disappearance, I, I, where Rick and Daryl are looking in the woods for her, he's the zombie, the Daryl crossbows in the head, and then looks for evidence of Sophia in his stomach. Uh, trying to find squirrel, or not squirrel parts, uh, Sophia parts. Mm-hmm. He says, he was really informative on the filming process. Uh, it was great to get an inside view. Funny thing he mentioned, when Rick exits the hospital in the pilot, of, uh, in the pilot one of the bodies laying on the ground was a life cast of Bruce Willis. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they were using live extras for this scene. Uh, they weren't using live extras, sorry. So they had to fly uh, dummies over to the set. And <laughs> this one was left over from the movie Surrogates that came out a few years back. So he says that Bruce Willis had a cameo in the show. Interesting. <laughs> kind of awesome. I'm actually, I got his permission. I'm going to make this into a full post, like a pictorial. Awesome. Fo- and, and post yeah. it to the site because it's cool. I, I found out that, like, they do these on every weekend. They're like 40 bucks. Um, yeah. And, well, when you say they, it's one of the actors who is an extra, right? Um, but I don't know if he's the one that's like. Or if that he's just the quote unquote talent that they've got doing it. I mean, oh, if it's him, so he's built out by it's him himself, then you know that's that's awesome. But yeah. uh, you can find out uh, more at atlantamovietours.com hmm. and walkingdeadlocations.com. But I'm gonna I'm gonna type up that write up uh, his words. And I'm gonna give Brandon full credit in his pictures. But it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to see. The Rick's police station and mm-hmm. the, the back of the Even hospital. Even the back of the hospital, and, which yeah. is just a staircase. Yeah, right. It's pretty cool. But it'd be cool to stumble out of that, you know? Yeah. And, like, and it looks like that store that they were in, the department store, was like a – it looked pretty tall in yes. the picture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I say that because you can only see the bottom of it, but it right. feels tall. But uh, we, we remarked on this zombie, I remember, because they had yeah. like a couple recurring hero zombies, and mm-hmm. he was one of them. Uh, another thing you mentioned, the, talking about the guide – was that the season two was supposed to go in a different direction. According to our guide after the CDC, uh, after the CDC, Shane gets separated from the group, and they go back to the Vatos community, and everyone is dead. But not killed by zombies, but rather another group of survivors, which is supposed to be revealed later on as the governor and his cronies. Uh, they had already filmed a good chunk before the mess with Frank Darabont went south, so they scrapped most of the footage and went in a new direction. Um, kind of makes sense because that's the first episode. Uh, the first episode of that season was kind of rocky. Uh, anyway, he says, just wanted to share my experience with you. Hope all is well. Look forward to the next season. Keep up the good work. P.S. Does anyone else see Milton's resemblance to the late John Ritter? 
I can't stop seeing it. Yeah, someone on Facebook mentioned that too. And he's right. And since they did mention that, I can't stop seeing John Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Brandon, <laughs> for now sticking that in my head. See now. Andrew and Michonne need to make off with him, and they can do a hilarious remake of Three's Company. Oh, God. And the governor's Mr. <laughs> Roper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or maybe Merle. Yeah. Merle's Mr. Uh, Roper. Oh, man. Entirely different theme song, though. Not nearly as upbeat. <laughs> uh, Miki? Mickey writes in. I don't know how to say that name. M-I-K-I. Uh, hey, Mickey. Says, Carl didn't lock Tyrese and company in a cell. He locked them out of the cells that he, Beth, Judith, and Herschel were in. So he, he's taking a little bit of issue with, I think, something that I said last uh, I, last episode, which was that he locked them in a cell. I think, well, yeah, which, but they are locked in. They can't get out. And that's they can't what get I meant. Yeah. yeah, I think I said that he locked them in a cell, but yeah, point taken. Pedant, 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 pedant. He goes on, uh, he or she goes on, Maggie and Glenn were in an empty room with a dead walker. If that was the same room that Glenn killed the walker in, they must have had a crew uh, take out everything that they thought Glenn could make a weapon with, thinking, let's see him make a weapon out of a dead walker. Guess he showed them. <laughs> yeah, you right. don't really expect that. Like, if you clear everything out, yeah, all of a sudden the dude's got a bone shiv. Right. That's a little crazy. Uh, good stuff there. Then we go on to the real Paul Solar. Uh, he says he's only been a listener for a week. Well, congratulations on finding us. <laughs> uh, he's up to season three, 301. Wow. Damn. That's cranking. A lot of stuff. Uh, he says he's driving his girlfriend crazy by only speaking to her in uh, me doing Aaron, doing Andrew Lincoln, doing a southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> that would even drive me crazy. Wow, that's a lot of, lot of meta levels there. Definitely. Uh, and he says that they wasted T-Bone. Uh, I think it was a cult fan favorite, potentially very interesting, and he went out like a damp firework. What's the guy's name? The real Paul Solar. Keep up the good work there, Paul. That was a shitty rig. <laughs> ah, I forced it. You didn't go over the top enough. I tried to force it. Yeah. Listen up, Paul. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, Noel W. says, really enjoyed your comments on the Made to Suffer podcast about how invested you are in the characters now. On that note, I wanted to bring up a controversial v- viewpoint. I kind of want Merle to live. Okay, I know there's no way he can join Rick's group after what he did slash has done in the past, but that last scene between him and Daryl I thought was amazing. The way it was acted just said to me that here is a man who is who has made a shit ton of mistakes, and now he knows it. And furthermore, it now looks like it's going to cost his brother his life. Hmm. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought that scene and the look between the two brothers was truly heartfelt. I wanted to see how you guys felt about Merle living. Yeah, I just don't see where there is anywhere for him to go. You don't think Rick's going to take him back? What if he saves Daryl and Andrea? Hmm. I don't know. There's a really good. There's a really good take. I wanted to talk about this in spoilers. Um, okay, but I just don't see how they can outside something really creative. Um, <laughs> and by creative, you mean bullshit? No, no, I mean. In something, They'd have to do a lot of groundwork. Like first. I said, I I would, I can't speculate on what I think would be cool without getting into comic spoilers. Okay, so that's the only way I can see them actually doing this. All right, well, try to remember that for the spoiler section. Right. Uh, also, Noel W says, "Thanks for reading. If you do read this on the show, uh, I'm from Wales. Can you give a shout out to all the Welsh fans of The Walking Dead? Shout out." 
Go Welsh. <laughs> Go fans. Welsh. I would do an accent, but it would only be offensive. <laughs> uh, Evan C says, "Hey guys, my question might be too premature, but I was thinking about it while watching tonight's episode of Dexter, where things are starting to come to a head. How do you think the series will end? I would hate to see The Walking Dead force some kind of cheesy Q Rick accent. Humanity is saved." ending but how else do you bring a satisfying close to such a bleak show man i don't know what do you think i've got some ideas but uh well he goes on to actually ask how i think um other than reading i am legend i'm pretty unfamiliar with post-apocalyptic fiction maybe jim our lovable's bald move zombie expert can provide some insight on how most stories end well i'll tell you how most of these stories end (laughs) not well (laughs) not well in almost 100% tragedy. I mean, if if anybody survives, it's one, maybe two people, and you started with the group of like seven or eight. Uh, that's how most of them end. Most of them don't actually kill everybody mm-hmm. because that would be too much of a downer for the American populace to stomach, I guess. Well, sometimes they leave them in situations where it might be arguably better to have died. Like really bleak, they do, yeah. lonely, miserable existence type of ways. And sometimes they imply that everyone dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dawn of the Dead, I can specifically think. Yeah. Um, when they take off the remake, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they take off in that boat, the end credits imply that they get killed. Hmm. Um, the original familiar. Dawn of the Dead, two I'm people fly away in a helicopter, and you Im- they just imply that they've continued to survive. And they're kind of like flying off into the sunset, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of them, I mean, even like... Um, the stuff that isn't true zombies, like uh, 28 Days Later. Right. A couple of people get away. Mm. That's about it. But the, but the situation is still grim. Sure. They never, like, solve the zombie apocalypse. No. It's always just, well, they've lived to survive another day. So that's pretty much how they end. Um, uh, I just yeah. wonder, because Kirkman obviously has a long plan for this, and, mm-hmm. you know... Again, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but eventually they'll run into a situation where he has to start telling about the rekindling of civilization. And that could be, it's kind of like a revolution-style plot, but with zombies, (laughs) increasingly sparse zombies. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's um, a pretty good uh, place to explore, but... I often wondered because he's gone on record saying, well, this is really a story about Carl and we're going to, you know, about him growing up in this world. And like, wow. Could he sustain a story where Carl eventually is 20 or in his mid-20s? Is this going to be a Prince Valiant run where it just goes on and on and on and becomes more about the 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 characters' sons and daughters than the original characters? I, I don't know. Hmm. It might be. It's like That could be interesting. As long as it's still interesting. Yeah, as long as you yeah. can keep it interesting and tense and uh, you people like it, why not? Yeah, I'm all for it. As long as it's good. Obviously, AMC will keep making this as long as 10 million people watch it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Whether Kirkman wants to or not. I mean, he's he's lashed at this beast. Uh, uh, on that note, he also asks, is there any information on how many future seasons The Walking Dead has already locked in? Uh, with 10 million viewers, I imagine there's quite a long road ahead. I just saw an article, I believe, um, on um, The Walking Dead cast, or just, goddammit, WalkingDeadCast.com's <laughs> site, where season four has been confirmed. Yeah. But well, that was obviously, not a doubt, yeah. right? Season four is confirmed. Right. Now, 
if season four does the numbers that season three did, season five will be confirmed. Sure. It's really just a matter of how long can the audience sustain the show. Right. I don't the other know thing, that they have an endpoint in mind yet. The other thing that could torpedo it is everyone, the actor, like Andrew Lincoln. It's like, well, you got a hit show. Fuck you. I want three times as much money. Yeah. And Norman Reedus the same. And But then they just kill him. And It's it, hard to kill Rick. Yes, you could kill Rick, but the audience might leave with him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, like, this show is already an expensive show. It makes tons uh-huh. of money and lots of sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they also – it's a budget-conscious show, too. And AMC controls every piece of it. So sure. I could see where that might be a problem. And also, they're burning through a lot of comic book really quickly. They are. I mean, at the end of this – at the end of the full season three – They'll probably be, I'm anticipating, around issue 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's halfway through the run. They're only, the 105 dropped today. Yeah. So you're halfway through the run in, in three years of, of, of And the trouble TV is, watching. that's what saved this season, right? I mean, we went through last season going, oh, my God, this was one issue in the comic. Just get on with it. Right. And I was uh, talking, And now they're burning through it. And, eh. I was talking to Jason during, during the I, – I think this is going to make the end of the episode. But we talked about how we see this going. And uh, I feel like season four – I feel like by season five, they'll have caught up unless they yeah. really drag their feet on the events that happened in season four. And, you know, the way they're making this right now, very taut and, you know, action packed. I don't see how they can do that. So certainly episode season five, they'll be caught up to, you know, 2012 current, 2013 current, mm-hmm. certainly by season six. So yeah. but that's a long run for show, honestly. That's true. It's not a bad run. Yeah. Uh, Tyler from the UK says, going forward into season 3.5 and beyond, I worry about Rick's relationships. He <laughs> clearly doesn't care about any new survivors he meets. For example, Oscar was expendable and Michonne was only used as a guide to Woodbury. Rick does care about a few members left in the prison group, yet I can't see his interactions with Tyrese and his group being any different to what we've previously seen. Even if they prove themselves, he won't fully trust them and definitely won't care when they die. Unless we see characters who already have an emotional connection to Rick return, like Morgan and his son or even Morales and his family, uh, Rick might get stuck pushing people away. Would love to hear your thoughts if possible. Any thoughts on what they're going to do with Rick's character now that he's kind of an asshole <laughs> to everybody else? Um, I don't know. I think that's going to be, you know, how he deals, especially with Carl going forward. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you're, you you got to also wonder – I mean, that's going to be key. You also got to wonder if they're going to try, as the hero, um, make a love connection with any of the survivors or if he's going to meet some new survivors. Hmm. If, is that going to be – you know, and how will he be able to trust? Is and, Carol uh, going to come between Daryl and Rick? You know, so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, how's he going to process? Because he really hasn't. I mean, he had a psychotic break, but he hasn't really processed everything that's happened oh, this no. season. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen – the other thing is what's going to happen with Judith. Um, you know, there's a relationship that's that's going to be important to him, and it's going to be honestly a, a liability in this world. So, yeah, yeah. Little ass kicker. What do you think, Dad? Uh, I mean, I agree with Tyler's take here. He's definitely being an asshole to everybody now. Um, I don't think he's being I an asshole to everybody. I think if you can though. get, do you think so? Everybody knew that he's met. Yeah. Oh uh, well, but that's uh, that's justified. Sure, I okay. think it is, and that's kind of where I was going. The new people that he meets, yeah, at first he's going to be kind of an ass, um, but give them a couple episodes, just like we saw with Oscar, just like we saw with Axel. 
they'll start to integrate. If they can prove to Rick that they're not crazy, yep. that they're not out to harm his group, I think he'll let them in. I hope they, uh, hope they integrate a little bit better than Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just needs meat shields. <laughs> uh, Jake in Baltimore says, I just wanted to give a few hopes and ideas for your recap or upcoming half of season three. He says he really likes when we talk about zombie apocalypse strategy. Mm. So uh, to that effect, he was at work the other day. Couldn't help but dream of a few scenarios. Uh, he works at a construction uh, equipment dealership. Mm-hmm. So like forklifts and bulldozers and stuff like that. Uh, he says it's fenced in and it has barbed wire at the top, the entire lot. Uh, inside, there are large machines of all shapes and sizes. And there's a 10,000-gallon diesel fuel tank on the premises. Nice. And he says he thinks these machines can have several uses and can be found and used easily by any survivor. First of all, he thinks, uh, he says, got menacing walker herds, easily crushed by the solid steel tracks or by a swinging excavator arm. Low on food and supplies? Just take off the, just take the d- off-road dump truck down to the nearest Walmart and load up. Enemy Woodbury types got you down? Guess what? I just tore down your flimsy tire barrier, <laughs> smashed shitty bow girl, and have moved on to demolishing your entire compound. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, he says he thinks the show has forgotten about resources like these, or maybe they just don't have the budget to show something like that. Hmm. All we get to see is everyday commuter vehicles other than Daryl's chopper, and uh, they don't need to t- turn the show into Mad Max or the Road Warrior, but a few more items like dirt bikes, ATVs, and construction equipment would be awesome, in my opinion. Sure. So, yeah, I agree with that. They're they're not being very creative with this scenario. Also, plugging our new Reddit site on reddit.com slash r slash bald move, there was actually a neat thread about this very topic, the zombie apocalypse survival. And we had a guy that uh, I believe was a trucker that works for a distribution company that they're saying that yeah. the – you know, fuck the Walmarts and Sands Clubs. You want the, the distribution warehouses yeah. that feed, like, ten Walmarts. Oh, I know That's what one of those is. Yeah. That's where I'm going. We got we got an Amazon yeah. warehouse in our in, in our neighborhood. So there's a, a, a kind of a, a neat little thread about that, too. So, yeah, I, I find that interesting, too. <laughs> um, you know, like, if this were, like, a real dis- natural disaster, a zombie apocalypse, how, how would you survive? How would you be – what would you be willing to do? I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of like any kind of um, doomsday survival comes down to what, how much of your humanity you're going to lose. Are you yeah. going to share with your friends and family? If your neighbor comes over and he doesn't have any food or weapons or anything to offer, are you going to take him in? Or are you going to be are like – Are you going to eat dog food? Are you going to eat dog – are you going to eat your neighbor? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's um, that. You know, it's like – yeah, it's an it's interesting, interesting social, social question. And For you, sure. can just, you can just like there's like no limit to how you can how far you can go down that hole. Yeah, and I feel like they have explored that a little bit in mm-hmm. this show. I mean, the dog food is one example, but right. there are countless others. Uh, but I kind of agree with him. They haven't gone too far into that yet, and I'm hoping they kind of do as as things go on. The next harsh Atlanta winter. Yes. Yeah. Then we'll really see. Yeah, it. we'll see where it'll be the dividing line between the men and the <laughs> men who are eating other men. <laughs> Uh, Alex Over F. Charcoal briquettes. <laughs> Alex F. writes in, Well, it was a good run. In the weeks since the finale, I've been thinking about what made this season enjoyable rather than something I'd get drunk and hate watch the way I did with season two. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. In a word, I think it was momentum. Mm. Things kept moving and a lot of ground was covered plot wise. Yeah. It's like a completely different show. I feel like the season two version of The Walking Dead would have spent half this season dealing with 
Tomas, a.k.a. Vatos 2. Sure. And the finale would have been Lori's death and the big reveal that the governor was uh, the governor has a wall of heads. Mm. Instead, we charged ahead at a breakneck pace, and hey, when there's enough going on and the drama doesn't have to be driven by characters doing stupid things, turns out we all start liking the characters. Definitely. Um, I think it, the momentum, it's like it's hard to... This, this, I mean, it's night and day. The the amount of material and character development and everything that they plowed through yeah. compared to last season. Oh my god, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, and I, for one, am super happy about it. We'll talk about it more when we get to our uh, our section of it. But uh-huh. yeah, totally agree. Totally. Uh, and the last non spoiler piece of feedback we have is from Aaron and. Uh, I always think E R I N is a girl. So it I'm going to say That's, she. Okay. Erin. Great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched Luther, and if so, you can just stop reading. But holy crap, I think you would love it. It reminds me of The Wire mixed with Breaking Bad if McNulty was played by Stringer Bell and British accents. Damn. That's yeah, strong. that sounds pretty good. And I've heard a lot, and I'm a big fan of Idris Elba. There's only 14 episodes in two seasons. Dang. And well, they're filming that's, the that's third the way now. That's the Brits roll. I mean, yeah, um, I could get into that definitely. Yeah, I'm with Idris Elba there, I'd like to check it out at least. Uh, that's all we have for feedback in the non-spoiler section. Uh, I've got a few things that I wanted to talk about um, in regards to this se- this half season, um, and kind of the characters and their story arcs as we as we went through the season. Uh, I just kind of want to run through each character and say. A little bit about how they've changed, um, what we think of the changes that they've made, things like that. So let's start out um, with Rick. I think he's the most pertinent character. Rick's changed a lot. He's gone insane. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Multiple times. He's had at least two psychotic breaks that I can think of. Yeah, he has. Um, Do you like the way that his character has progressed through the first half of the season? Yes. I mean, I didn't okay. like it a lot of times, but I have to say it's been satisfying taking on as an arc. Uh-huh. And the, you know, we're seeing a tail end of the crucible that's kind of forged the, the new Rick that's going to, you know, lead us into, you know, continue to lead us through the, the apocalypse. And yeah. I didn't like his reaction, necessarily how he handled Carl all the time. I didn't like how... You know, he handled uh, Michonne and some of the other newcomers. But, you know, just every time, single time he had a chance to slip back into Beta Rick, he would take a machete and shove it in some fucker's head. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. toss flashbangs and assault a heavily uh, armed uh, enemy fortification. I mean, uh-huh. this guy's not the same guy from season one and two. No, definitely not. We're- and I credit the harsh Georgia Winter for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we It's interesting the the first uh episode of this season just picks up 8 months later and we see really the entire team is a more grizzled hardened team uh and certainly Rick at the head of that is is leading it and is as grizzled or hardened as anyone yeah uh so it's yeah it's interesting to see him even progress from that point where mm-hmm. we started at the beginning of the season sure uh and like we said go insane plus the man he's got you know, bright white lines as far as what he will and won't do. He will, you know, kill people. He will not eat dog food. He will answer a phone that is not ringing. <laughs> he will. He will do that. 
but he will not say hello to his newborn daughter or comfort <laughs> his son after the mother died in a brutal fashion. So Nope. You know, he's, he's a man that knows what he will and won't do. Speaking of his son, what about Carl's arc? What do you think about uh, old Carl there? Uh, like I, I told uh, the uh, writer that we interviewed today, saying uh, Q Kim, uh, do, these guys have written their ass off when it comes to Carl. Uh, Chandler Riggs has acted his ass half off. Uh, whoever's yeah. been directing has directed him very well. I mean, it's it, the best testament you can say to a character is, you know, this is a laughing stock. This was the uh, butt of many a Reddit image joke, image mm-hmm. macro joke, uh, last season. And in the half season, they've completely turned that around to where he's a fan favorite. What more can you say? He needs yeah. to lose the fucking hat. <laughs> he does. I mean, that was kind of the joke last season is beta hat. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, yeah, uh, he's rehabilitating the beta hat. I'm, I'm simultaneously really interested to see where he goes and also really worried for him because he is going to dark places as far as I can tell. Right. And he is very much jaded at this point. Right. He doesn't get more jaded than shooting your mother in the head. Yeah. To keep her from turning into a zombie. Uh, so I, yeah, like you said, I think he's doing a fantastic job acting, uh, and they're doing a much better job writing for him, and I can't wait to see where he goes. Uh, next up is Andrea. Now that she's over there with the governor, all uh, cozy, drinking her whiskey, I think she's developed quite a bit. Um, I, so what do you? I mean. She's certainly changed, right? At the beginning of the season, we see that she's kind of a – she's yeah. just as, hard to, as hardened as anyone in this group, and I credit Michonne with that. She's but there, here's the thing. Her. It's like I – man, I hate being on the wrong side of viewer, you know, a viewer tidal wave. You know, and, and a lot of people were like totally out on Andrea. I think they were. even now everything can be pretty believably justified and yeah. is in line with what I think she would really do. It presented with the options she was given. Now, it's not like the badass Andrea that's in the comic books and blah, blah, blah. But this Andrea isn't that Andrea yet. Yet. That's the key, yeah. So, and... Uh, Is she going to turn into that? We don't know yet. They've got a crucial two or three episode window of how they're mm-hmm. going to handle this where I feel like if they don't handle it right, uh, there's going to be a lot of people checking out on her character. Um, oh yeah, and if they but if they handle it right, then we're right back to you know it, it's going to be a pivotal role in her becoming um, a, the badass she needs to be. So she especially needs to stand up for Daryl here. If if she doesn't get Daryl out of the situation she's in, mm-hmm. or at least not let it happen the way it's going to happen, right? Uh, then people will totally dump her character because sure. everyone loves Daryl. Sure. So, uh, but I I do like. I see where the audience is coming from when they say that they're not on board with Andrea uh, kind of being oblivious to everything that's going on. But at the same time, I really like how she's now found this secure place that she wants to stay in. And yeah. not even her best friend leaving can change that. You know, right. the, the world out there is so bad. Right. She doesn't want to go back out, out there. Yeah. And it seems perfectly justified. If I was Andrea, I can't imagine, yeah. even without the angle of being attracted to the governor and having him mm-hmm. take an interest in me, I can't imagine uh, wanting to leave this place and go back out there. With yeah. the circumstantial evidence that 
was presented by Michonne to, An- to Andrea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you came to me and said, I just got a bad feeling about this this governor guy, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, I have a really good feeling about my mint julep with ice. <laughs> yeah. It's way better than the feeling I had when I was sick and dying on the floor of a Yeah, and I was running for my store. life on a day-by-day basis and Drunk off my ass. And with no human contact, <laughs> but you're a dumbass. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I I, can I, say I like that. Yeah, they I, put her in a tough spot here, and it's playing out how I think it if would play anything, out. Anything I think Andrew's plot development has made Michonne look bad. Why do you say that? Because if she like, you know, if if if, if, if just flip that scenario around where I've seen some hinky freaky shit from the governor, and I'm trying mm-hmm. as your friend to convince you to leave this place, I think Michonne did a half-ass job of convincing. That's true. She you never said a word. Trust me. Yeah. You know, why don't you give her some evidence? Why don't you take the book and show her, look at all these scratch marks. Yeah. Not right. Right. Uh, yeah. So now that she's seen the heads yeah. and the daughter, yeah. I'm hoping some sense will be knocked into her. Sure. Uh, next up is Daryl. Daryl's awesome. Although I feel like they didn't do no. much with Daryl this season. Which is appropriate. Daryl got uh-huh. his own basic episode last season. He was yep. clearly the star of the show. I actually Fan liked favorite. his arc last season better than this season. Yeah. He didn't have a real arc. But I think that's coming. Like, oh, yeah. It, oh, I, yeah. I, I see season 3.2 or 3.5 as mm. being very Daryl heavy. Definitely, yeah. So eager to see that. Next up is Michonne. Yeah. Uh, the jury's still out. Definitely. <laughs> she didn't have much of an it, art. It, she was silent what, the whole time. I'm surprised from the feedback we got at the start of last season. Because people got to think. You know, we talked about, like, what do people watching the show make of this ninja mm-hmm. chick jumping on the stage with a cloak and a and a samurai sword and beheading zombies with two other zombies in <sighs> chain and tow? I mean, that's so yeah. bizarre by this show's standards. But – you know, people have totally accepted that, and now they're just bitching about the fact that she doesn't talk enough or she doesn't, <laughs> imp- imp- you know, is not empathetic enough. So uh-huh. the show's got to pat itself on the back a little from navigating that kind of like. Good point. You know, starting off with that kind of level of skepticism and going on. Now, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think the actress is great. Uh, I think she's shown what she's capable of. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, the writers have, uh, they, they, they really need to sharpen that up in the, in the next season. Yeah. season 3.5 and, and make her more relatable definitely make her more of a human <laughs> yes uh glenn do you do you like where glenn went this this season um, i don't feel like he changed very much he just got put in a lot of bad scenarios right and, and merle and being kidnapped and, yeah and his speech about hey he'd trade anyone else for you know any number of other people for any one of his i think it was a good mark of his character development the fact that mm, yeah him and herschel are like father and, and son-in-law in, in all but <laughs> yeah, name at, at this point, um, you know, and how far they've come. And I thought, again, talking about character development, his withstanding of that torture yeah. and killing that zombie with his That's bare true. fucking – well, not bare hands, with a, a chair he himself broke out of. He was bondage to this thing. Mm. That's not the Glenn – they got lowered into the well. No, in the mo- it's one not. of the worst parts of season two. This is a yeah. new, tougher, stronger, um, more valuable, more resourceful for Glenn, and I, I like it. Well put. Moving on to his counterpart, Maggie. Uh, I don't feel that she changed very much. She well, she changed during the season break, right? Well, you that go eight from months. yeah, you go from a person who was squeamish about killing walkers to uh-huh. one of the commando teams that assault you know 
yeah. assaulted the prison. But that's not the part that we saw. Right. You know? And her only weakness at this point is Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been exploited once. Yep. Got to wonder if that's going to happen again. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the relationship moves forward. Like, after this yeah. experience, are they going to be as willing to go out and venture forth into the world, which has kind of been their role? They're the runners, right? Yeah. Are they going to be as willing to do that? Or are they going to start, you know, because once you start building a life in this situation, you start to hold it dear again. Uh huh. You know, and, and that can be a bad thing. It can be. And I survival. think I'm, I'm worried about the Glenn and Maggie duo here because they are, we're, we're seeing a lot of ties being uh, tied here. Uh, I mean, they're obviously in love. And I think if one of them were to be taken out, that would drive the story forward for mm-hmm. the remaining character mm-hmm. because they don't have a lot of story left that we've seen, right? I mean, they just got rescued. Right. So now where does their relationship go? Well, it's just as strong as ever. But if one of them got taken out, that would compel the other to do some things that might be pretty interesting. I'm worried for one of them. I don't know which one, but one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they kill, I don't know. I kind of, if they if they kill one, I hope they kill the other because I don't really want to see another psychotic break. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the level of, of fallout that would come from that. The next episode is going to be all ringing phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Herschel's going to be like, what the fuck are these right, people doing? Right. <laughs> Answering these broken phones. Uh, speaking of Herschel, Herschel's next on the list. Okay. What do you think about Herschel's uh, missing leg and... He, he doesn't have any development. I mean, he's just been in the background this season. Uh, Herschel is developing along the uh, Dale track from the original comic book plot line. Oh, is he? Yeah, I mean, Being he's got his, got his leg cut off, and uh, he survived that and kind of made him tougher, and he's still a valuable. I mean, I'm a big Herschel fan. I like him. I do, too. I, yeah. like, I like it when he talks to Glenn, and when he talks to Rick, he's like mm-hmm. the wise old sage somehow. Yeah, uh, I agree. He's got it, but not much. He's changed. also got a positivity inside him that, like, he already had his breakdown last season when he went to the bar, yeah, and almost got it, three people killed. So it's like I feel like he's got this well of optimism that the other group, the group, relies on. Definitely. Uh, are you as optimistic about Carol? <laughs> uh, you know, I gotta say, um, I Carol has gone to from someone who I would really be pissed if she hooked up with uh, Daryl to I'm okay with that. And mm-hmm. again, I gotta say, she had a really nice moment there with Rick uh, when she found out that Lori had died after they kind of got reunited. And I can mm-hmm. see that this actress has got some some stuff to her. So, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm. You know, obviously, I wouldn't shed any tears if she died yet, but I don't. I wouldn't take Glee in it either. <laughs> yeah? What yeah. if she shacked up with Axel? Uh, fine. <laughs> Whatever. I think Axel's a bit beneath beneath her. I do, too. As the one yeah. guy pointed out, I mean, she's got her eyes on the, the Daryl Meister. Definitely. And our last character, uh, still surviving, is Beth. Beth uh, is only interested to me in what yeah. she can reveal about Carl. Absolutely. I mean, she Absolutely. is a, a a sounding board for that character at this. Without point. Carl, she isn't a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's something that also they could cheaply put into jeopardy to get a, ri- a rise out of Maggie and Herschel. But uh-huh. you know, she's the guy. She's the girl that uh, Carl's got a crush on, and that's about it, for as, as far as I can tell. Yep. 
Um, all right, that's pretty much all the characters. We won't even talk about Axel because he didn't have much screen mm-hmm. time. Um, I did want to ask you, what do you think it was? We kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, but what do you think it was that made this season so good as compared to the terrible last season? I think the listener said it all, momentum. Momentum. The yeah. farm just stagnated and mm-hmm. sat. I it mean, forced characters to go around and around on things that we had already discussed. They took a single-issue plot line in the comics and blew it out to 13 episodes. They took uh-huh. 20 of the best comics of, of the show's run and compressed it to a 16-episode season. To eight? Well, I'm, but I'm yes. saying we're not done with that whole okay. run. So it's like, gotcha. that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of, you know, and, 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 and I think the writers understood that. Now, one of the things I got from an interview is maybe... You know, they, they learned the lesson that, oh, the viewers don't like quiet character moments. We just need to do action, action, action. I think that's actually bullshit. I do, too, because I think season that, one had some really good ones. I think they need to learn how to do those um, sections better. They need to learn how to do that without slowing down the overall plot. Yes. You know. And, and it can be done. And, I mean, they've the, done it a the few, stuff with Morgan was fantastic in a lot of places. And very interesting. So it's like I don't – I hope they definitely learned the lesson that we just have to keep the pedal to the metal the whole time through. I really hope that mm. – um, you know, they've learned that they can do both, but they have they, they have to do the quiet character development moments very well. And they can't have – character development isn't I'm doing one thing one week and one thing the other and going back to the other and having the same rehash, like, you know, beat us over the head with the same fucking motif. It's, yeah. It's got to be, you know. So that's that's my opinion. What, what do you think? Right. I agree 100%. I okay. mean, the speed with which we moved through it was so much better. Um and it kept us from going in circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about, we had some predictions as far as what <laughs> we thought would happen to certain characters yeah. uh, before the season in the preseason cast. Oh, shit. Did you go back and write all that shit down? I went back. I got it all. <laughs> I got every character here. I was on and the record <laughs> as saying I, I, I was convinced T-Dog was going to die, right? Well, I've actually got a clip to play. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, let's. I'm gonna go ahead and run this clip from our preseason cast, and you just tell me what you think now. Okay. Last but certainly not least in our eyes, maybe in the writers, T Dog. <laughs> I was at fifty fifty here. He could go. He could stay. You were at zero. No yeah. chance he's gonna die. I feel like the writers are have like some kind of personal mission to prove all of us wrong that they've got something in for T Dog or, or T Dog's an afterthought. Yeah. If anything, I see a big expansion of his character this season. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Big expansion. S- swing and a miss. Well, if expansion means getting ripped apart by zombies, yes. Oh, wow. Um, that's – wow. That makes it even more shocking what they actually ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, I was just going on the, the last season where Mazzaro was adamant that they were big fans of T-Dog, and they really had a lot of ideas from the writer's room, and I, you know, that was one of the big problems going forward, and mm-hmm. they didn't do anything about it. In fact, they made it worse, so... <laughs> I guess our new hope is on Tyrese. Oh, yeah. That's a real good hope. Yeah. Their track record is not good with that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk about the other characters um, that are still around. (laughs) Uh, Although, I got to say, I gave Lori a 100% chance of dying, and you gave her a 75% chance of dying. So So we we both kind of hit that. I I gave her 100% because I just hated her character. And I I did not see her dying before the midseason finale. So that was genuinely shocking. 
Uh, Rick, we both gave 0%. His mm-hmm. shields are strong. Uh, same with Carl, 0%. Mm-hmm. Um, Herschel, I gave him 80% chance of dying. You gave him a shaky 0%. You were waffling a little bit. Uh-huh, but, sure. But you nailed it. I was worried when he got his leg peeled off. Yeah, that's that, why that, I gave him 80. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a vicious wound right. in the apocalypse. Uh, Daryl, we both gave zero. Uh, same with Glenn. Maggie, I gave 20% chance of death. What I give? A zero. Okay. Yeah. So, so how do you, you feel were, about that? Uh, I I still feel good about that. Okay. I think... Because uh, Confrontation Woodbury is just beginning. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I would bump it up a little bit. There's got to be a body count. I mean, the thing is, is there's got to be a body count, right? And there's not that many bodies left to go around. Uh, Axel. Let's toss Axel out. (laughs) Okay. Let's get him out of here. He doesn't need to be there. No, I... I, uh, Would it surprise me if he survived this season? I don't know. I I, I don't know what to say. I don't really care. Okay. So that's a 0%. Yeah. Uh, I got to say... Glenn and Maggie as a package deal, I give a 75% chance of one of them dying. Hmm. Because, like I said before, I think it just makes that more interesting. So as a unit, you'd say 0% chance of them both dying. But surviving as a whole, you give a 0% chance of that either. No, I give a 25% chance of them surviving completely. Okay. So 75% chance that one of them is going to die. Okay. All right. That makes Uh, sense. Beth, I we both gave a hundred percent chance of dying because <laughs> we didn't care about her. That hope is still alive. It's still there. Yeah, uh, Carol, we also both gave a hundred percent chance of dying. So hope is still alive. <laughs> what that says, Michonne, we gave zero because we need an entire season of her. Man, if they fucking kill Michonne in this next se- in season three point five, they yeah. just need to hang it up. <laughs> they will. The NAACP will get involved. Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton <laughs> is going to move in. What if they bring in another strong black woman? <laughs> the same episode. <laughs> to replace her, yeah. CCH Pounder? <laughs> That'd be awesome, We need man. to get CCH Pounder in there. Yeah. Talk some no-nonsense, gruff, you know, take no shit. She, would, she couldn't be killed off. No. She'd body slam a That's writer. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, how about Axel? What do you think about him dying? Did we go over him Didn't already? I just say I don't care, yeah. I think we did. Uh, Merle? He's back now. We couldn't I'd, rate him last time. I'd say 100% chance of death. Wow. There's, he's an irresol- irresolvable character. I don't see him going off to the sunset. Good point. I'll agree. 100%. Uh, the governor. 100%, right? This guy's got to die. Yeah. They built it up to where we want him to die. Mm-hmm. The show is ultimately a lot. It likes to give fan service. Yeah, 100% chance. All right. The last character who anybody gives a shit about, Poindexter slash Milt. Did we talk about Andrea? Yeah, we did. Oh, what, what did you give her chances of survival? Oh, well, we kind of skipped over her and just read what we thought uh, last time. I think her chances of survival are pretty good. Yeah, honestly. I'm near 100%. Um, yeah, it's, it's high. Poindexter is going to fucking die because I don't want <laughs> to have to chug a fifth. <laughs> For you, that this might has kill to come me. True. Yes. It might. What are the chances that Aaron dies this season? <laughs> as good as Poindexter's make chances. It, make it out with an intact liver. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Poindexter will die. I think they'll they'll integrate him into the group. You asshole. Because, I know, I've set up a dichotomy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Andrea's there. She knows that this guy isn't a huge asshole, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's seen him. He's just a naive, yeah, science-loving dude. Yeah. 
So if the shit goes down at Woodbury and the group has a chance to rescue him, I think Andrea will vouch for him. Hmm. Yeah, I've got a spoiler take on him, too. Oh, all right. I'm a little concerned myself. Well, that's it. That's pretty much all I had to say about this season, um, except for the other eight hours that we talked about it. <laughs> uh so do we want to get into the spoiler section do a little outro stuff uh yeah i can i can uh, queue up an outro for us all righty um so we are part of the ball move network and you can find all of our content at ballmove.com including our full coverage of the walking dead game of thrones latest seasons of mad men and breaking bad and don't forget our affiliates uh our now old affiliates our affiliate emeritus the personal arrogance crew out of seattle this week they returned off of their matrimonial hiatus with the rise of the miniseries, something kind of near and dear to our hearts, the mm-hmm. fall of barley, news from Antarctica, and unintentional dong submissions. The fall of barley starts out super boring, but stick yeah. with it. It gets good. Yeah, this actually, <laughs> this this show, and part of it is because I like the guys so much, but yeah. like, just their banter cracks me up. Uh, and our newest affiliates, the Because Show, um, yeah. out of California, they are playing the fact and fiction guessing game. They review Cormac. McCarthy's novel, The Road, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and check in on Stephen King News and reveal some deep secrets. So check that out, and like to know they'd like love to know what you think. So yeah. send them feedback, check out their show. Um, it's awesome. Definitely. We, you can give us feedback at watchingdeadatballmove.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash BaldMove, which is, by the way, the best time uh, way to find out about our you know new cast, upcoming cast, when we're going to do pre-shows. That Boulder meetup. That Boulder meetup. Follow Jim on Twitter.com slash BaldMove for the same. We always appreciate your reviews and ratings on iTunes. Um, it's the single biggest thing that drives traffic to our cast. We appreciate each and every one. And if you haven't yet and you have iTunes installed, um, please, please, please take 30 seconds out of your day and click a couple stars for us. We'd appreciate it. More than a couple. Yeah. Like, you know, four or five, whatever. Whatever you can whatever you can spare. Sure. Uh, and use our Amazon affiliate link at Amazon.ballmove.com. Amazon.com's got crazy deals all the time. If you're a prime customer, you can get free two-day shipping on damn near everything. How crazy is that? How cool is that? You're loving that, right? I am. I used it for last $70 year. Is, I mean, evangelizing year. it. And it's insane. You, and you get all their digital, like, uh, you know, Netflix-type offerings. I don't even get a piece of anybody signing up for Prime. I'm just no, saying it's an it's awesome a, freaking it's deal. Awesome, it's an awesome service, and yeah. it's a great way to do your Christmas shopping. And we get a tiny kickback of everything you buy using that Amazon.BallMove.com link. You want to know what's even better what? than Amazon by itself? What? Amazon and Audible combination. Ooh. Because they – okay, so – if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial, uh, get one free download of an audiobook of your choosing. They have a really cool feature. And, and this isn't even an advertisement. This is just me saying, oh, my God, this is awesome. So you can take a book on Kindle, mm-hmm. uh, like a regular ebook, and you can read it on your Kindle. You can read it on your iPhone, your desktop, whatever you want. You can – while you're reading it and turning pages through that – it keeps track of where you are so that if you have the audiobook 
and you get like into your car that's with your phone, awesome. it syncs up and it will start playing right where you left oh, off. Oh, that's awesome. That's then not- you take it back to your bedroom or whatever on your phone and you're reading and it's synced up where you went in your car. I read a lot of series it's that way. Because like I'll because I prefer reading. Yeah. But yeah. if I'm in like you know, I got an hour commute, I'll jump in and like I, I have to always manually sync that up as a pain in the ass. I had no idea they did that. Yeah. They I don't know if it's recent or what, but it's through their WhisperNet client. Oh, it's that's sweet. fantastic. That is a great idea. The the best book innovation I've ever heard of, honestly. And if you want to get caught up on uh, since Game the of printing Th- press, if you want to get caught up on Game of Thrones or a Song of Ice and Fire, as it's called in the literary circles. They've got all of George R. R. Martin's works unabridged. Yeah, and you can get one of them free with our link. What is it, Jim? AudiblePodcast.com slash bald move. Sweet. Any more outro stuff? Tell a friend. Is that about it. Tell a friend. You have yeah. a friend? I know you got at least one. Tell them. Tell them about baldmove.com. Evangelize that shit. <laughs> All right. Now we're ready for spoilers. Okay. Well, uh, as always, I guess until next season. Until next Not season. until next week. It's, it's, but it's it's coming up quicker than you think. It's like mid It's a couple February. months out. I want to say like February 13th or something. That was like. Tenth, maybe. Yeah, it's 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 not a long hiatus at all. No, Barely it's enough not. time to get her get her breath caught, uh, get some projects slammed out. Yeah, stay so, tuned to Facebook and Twitter if you want to find out what we're doing next. Seriously, thank you to everybody who has listened through the last two seasons, or I guess season and a half. Yeah, we've done a Walking Dead. Uh, it's one of our biggest shows, and it's one of the shows that I enjoy talking about the most because sure. we occasionally get to slam it. Yeah, and that's kind of fun. We get to do our skits. We don't we do, get to do any our other sk- show. No, that's awesome. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening and Spoiler section. We don't have a preview to run. So. The bane of my existence, queuing up them damn clips. Yeah. Uh, we're going right into the spoiler emails. Can I, can I, oh, can I talk about my theories first before I forget We're them? going right into the okay, spoiler emails. It. It's audience first, this cast. All right, that's true. That's true. Uh, they're not super heavy on spoilers. It's just that they mention things that happen in the comics, okay. so I wanted to move them. Uh, Mark E. says, here is some rampant and unfounded speculation for season three and a half. The best kind. Fa- <laughs> yep. Uh, T-Dog is gone. We're down to Axel being the lone prisoner, and the Dixons are in the shit. Since episode eight's title is one of the comic narrative arcs, it got me thinking. I'm worried things are setting up to trim characters to those appearing in the comics. I hope I'm wrong. I'm really enjoying how this story has diverged from the comics, keeps it unpredictable, and recognizes a different medium has to be treated differently. But yeah, he thinks they're going to take out everybody who's not in the comics. Um, I don't know that they're going to go that strict on the comic stuff. Um, they have said that they wanted to tighten it up, but I don't know that they'll kill everyone who's not in the comics, because that would include Daryl, and that just, I can't see him dying. Yeah, I, yeah, it would be, t- it would, it'd be tough to, to, to survive Daryl, and I want to throw something at you. All right. Uh, something I was talking about with Jason, I feel like I cheated with you today, or you cheated on you today by casting with Jason. I don't care. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, one thing I talked to him about was that Norman Reedus is probably arguably the biggest star on The Walking Dead right now. Oh, he's yeah. He's most popular. He's also had the, had the Boondock Saints. Yeah. Um, 
certainly in America. I don't know what uh, he actually might get competitive offers to do other things, and I think that might be his character's downfall if he has a conflict that they have to write him out of. Maybe. And honestly, he that if they put that in their back pocket as a big audience gut punch, that would be a huge audience gut punch. He should just pull a Cranston and work 24-7 <laughs> to do eight movies in a summer. Right, right, right. While he's working on the TV show. Uh, speaking of Brian Cranston, Brian C. writes in, <laughs> After reading the comics, I think the governor is sending Merle to the prison as an informant, as he did with Martinez in the comics. I predict that he will sentence Merle and Daryl to death by throwing them outside the walls to be with the walkers. This will lead to uh, – this is to lead on the residents of Woodbury and get Merle to the prison in preparation for an invasion at a later date. What are you thinking about him uh, being a double agent? Merle? Yeah. I actually think that's that's one of the things I want to talk about because – Is it? Okay. Just like they said in, in the comic, that is a – a storyline where someone you know earns the character's trust or tries to and uh you know as a way to and, and makes it seem like there is a convenient getaway and i can see you know the survivors having a uh you know storming the death star moment where it's like that was too easy you know yeah. they, they rescued both boys and merle's trying to make a good show and then they get him back to the prison and two days go by and he learns everything about him and then he just shows up missing one day and he's gone back to the governor to tell him all about it. That would be really interesting, too, because I feel like Rick last season might have caught that. And this season, or the last half of the season, I guess, um, maybe he's, his judgment is a little too clouded Yeah, my, from his psychotic breaks. That's my only problem is I don't see this current incarnation of the group buying that for one fucking second. Like, Merle would but, stay But you got the, the guy... He'd be locked up in a cell every every night. Glenn certainly would not stand for that. Glenn is like, no, this guy is not coming back. He right. tortured me. Right, right. We can't uh, trust him. Daryl, I feel like, would. It's his I, brother. Yeah, I, Rick, yeah, sure. I, he's gone psychotic, so maybe he would. I don't know. It'd be an interesting struggle between Glenn and company. I think that'd be a cool idea for them to do that, but also I can see if they don't do it right, it's going to strain my... Um, suspension of disbelief. Okay. Fair enough. Blake from Australia says, just wanted to get your opinion on the mid-season ending of season three. Uh, (laughs) At first, I thought the way it ended would set up Daryl versus Merle fight to the death situation. But after thinking it through, I think that it might all be part of the governor's plan. He basically says the same thing here, um, where Martinez helps Rick and crew to escape from Woodbury, only to attempt to report back to the governor on the location of the prison. Um, and yeah, he's sorry. I probably shouldn't have read this, but Blake from Australia, you're getting a free shout out. Uh, cause we just talked about this. Oh, uh, Michael D says comic book spoilery predictions. Since Andrea's character is completely irredeemable in the eyes of many fans, she won't wise up to the whole situation until it's far too late. And she will be a fitting replacement for the Lily character. Uh, the epic scene with Lori and the baby will still happen with Maggie. Instead, Herschel's lives, uh, Herschel lives, unlike in the comics. The results of this scene weigh heavy on Glenn and Herschel. It will go a long way in shaping those characters in future seasons. I don't know who the Lily character is. Who is Lily in the comic books? Uh, I want to say Lily, isn't she the one we talked about last week that uh, turns on the governor at the last minute? I don't and know. As, as I haven't read that far. As they're assaulting the prison, 
and the governor, you know, they've, they've gone in there and torn down the walls and the walkers are storming it. And somehow Lori and the baby die and Lily sees that. And, hmm. uh, like I said, turns on them. Okay. I think, yeah. like I said, or it, I, 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 that's, that's, well, that's that, possible. I mean, that could be, that seems like a likely arc for Andrea, right? I mean, yeah. she's now totally enamored with the governor, um, Things are starting to break down there, and if she sees anything bad like that happen at the governor's hands, I'm sure she would turn on him. Yeah. Especially to her group, her original group. Right. Um, yeah, and so Lily's the one that accidentally shot and killed Lori and Judith Grimes. After shooting them, she blamed the governor for Judith's death and became extremely distraught. As a result, she killed the governor and kicked him toward a wall of zombies. <laughs> so. Cool. Um, I don't know what the epic scene with Lori and the baby is. Um, that he suggests Maggie could stand in for. They get cut down with a shotgun blast. That's what I'm saying. The mo- both Did mother it? and child die in that scene. Ouch. And they, I was like, I, I feel like the, but Judith lives? can't live, right? We should, we should have gave her uh, odds on the baby. <laughs> oh yeah, we forgot that. But I mean, she dies in the comic. It's uh, having a baby is a fucking liability in this apocalypse. I don't, I'm not rooting for it to happen, but. You know, I can see like, – I just don't know what the hell Rick does at that point. And Carl. Yeah. Because even Carl's He's already like, messed up. Know, this is my family. Carl's already adopted her. Yeah. So. I don't know. But that's it for spoiler emails. Did you want to talk about some spoilery stuff? The only thing I got is the one thing that worries me about Poindexter surviving is if um, Glenn Mazzara and company have an idea to transfer him, transfer him into the Dwayne character, I think is his name. Who's that? Uh, he's the fat kind of slob that is a high school chemistry teacher or high school science teacher, and he pretends that he was um, a government agent that's working on the program that created the zombies. Oh, my God. And he's got this military-style radio that he's, and he convinces these people that he was trying to get to Washington, D.C. because he's got vital research that can turn the tide and – and his battery ran low, and that he's got to get close to Washington D.C. so they can, uh, you know, establish contact with him. Why does he really want to go to D.C.? He just wants to survive because he's a weakling and he has no redeeming qualities. So he tells these lies to get other people okay. to protect him and yeah. see him as important. So I can see Poindexter maybe portraying shades of that role, like mm-hmm. either appealing to Andrew because the other thing he's got all these experiments that we don't know about that They've require power to be weak. now is if if you believe that the old man death was the only experiment he's running but he could say i mean in in the lat in, in as woodbury's falling the shit he could go to andrea or rick and say look i was actually you know only with the governor because he was funding my research and this is vital and like maybe they take it in that direction and he would yeah. be that character and then season four is about uncovering that you know big ball of bullshit or plus how cool the set piece would be uh an overrun dc well the other thing that happens in sweet the other thing that happens in the comics that this guy once this guy gets exposed is he says you know i am a science teacher so i could do things like make bullets for you guys and you know do things like that which is a would be a huge thing you know uh, know, reloading bullets would be huge in the zombie apocalypse so maybe poindexter can say look i know how to make gunpowder i can cast bullets i can you know Mm -hmm. like offer something to rick that that and as you as people pointed out he's not that bad of a guy Mm -hmm. so if he manages to survive under those auspices i will be one sick little boy (laughs) (laughs) he might he might very well 
All Which, right. by the way, oh, I'm good. not going to chug a fifth of anything because that probably would kill me. Like, would I don't think anyone it. should chug a fifth of anything. No. Not I will. even a fifth of water. I will, though, um, on the season wrap-up cast of season three, I will continually drink. Like, I'll have the fifth <laughs> up here, and I will drink, like, you know, as, like a fish, and I will get, you uh, know, convincingly sauced. Until Jim says okay. you can't drink anymore, you're just being an asshole. Now, now I've got a podcast, and yeah. you can lay in the corner. Yeah, but I'm not going to, yeah, I mean, I don't want to disappoint anybody, but seriously, I don't think it's healthy to chug a fifth no, of anything. No, it's certainly not. It's, it's dangerous. I don't know if it would kill you, but it's certainly, like, it, it'd be like autoerotic asphyxiation. It's just not a good idea. No matter how good it feels, it's not a good idea. Definitely. All right, that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. Uh, see you guys next next year, literally. Yep. See you.